Banner. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Tet Manor podcast. We're here again, chaps, and this time this is the most people we've ever had on a pod. There are five of us. Who have we got on today's show? I am James, your host. Hello. John, you're back in town. How's it going? Back, back, back on the beach, so to speak. I've actually just come back from a weekend in uh, deepest, darkest Wiltshire, which I'm not sure if, if I should be admitting oh. that. But um, I did drink all their beer, so... Have you right. had a good clean, a good scrub? Yeah, and I've had the toothbrush right down the, to the throat okay. and scrubbing myself <laughs> while I was crying in the bath. So yeah, I'm, I'm all right. Good stuff. All right. Andy, you're back. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Uh, I'm tired, actually. I've been... Uh, I've had a I've had a busy weekend, so yeah, I'm quite tired. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the uh, the Blackpool pod. Good. What did you have for dinner? What did I have for dinner? I had um, nachos actually. Strong. Yeah, it was decent. Again. Good. You got you got culinary. You know, I can't say the word properly. Culinary, culinary skills. Culinary skills. Yeah. That's not me. I don't make it. It's uh, the wife. She's got the skills. Mrs. Wilmer. Mm. Right, Ben. How are you? Not bad, thank you. Happy days. I don't have an exciting question for you, Ben. Uh, Can you think one up and answer it? Um, Well, I had something more exciting for tea today. I had barbecue chicken pizza, which is a proper dinner rather than my uh, pathetic sandwiches last week. (laughs) I was going to say, when you said sandwiches, I thought back and I was like, does Ben think, he's kind of lived up north most most of his life, and does he think that dinner is lunchtime? No. And therefore, he's he's had a perfect oh. good. Okay, you're opening a whole different debate when you start talking about the lunch, dinner, supper <laughs> thing. That's so. a separate pod. That's yeah. a separate pod. Right, and Connor, you're back after a solid debut last time out. How are you? Hello. I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm good. You're a bit hungover, I hear. Uh, just recovered, just in time for the pod. Where did you Make go sure. last night? Uh, out in York. Okay. I went to, went to Revs last night. Revs, of course. Did you go to Pop World? Certainly not. <laughs> okay. Right, well, good. Um, right, guys, we're going to go straight into the news. I haven't actually, I guess, the agenda for today. Uh, we'll we'll give a bit of an update on the news. Ben's going to do that. Um, we'll obviously talk about the Blackpool game. It was a bit of an emotional one. Uh, we'll run through other goings-on across League One. Uh, we'll obviously have then our traditional Andy Dent section and we're going to have a nice inclusive quiz at the end of the episode as well. <laughs> you knew I was going to get that in. <laughs> right. Just don't you're Straight- just a bad loser, James. That's all it is. <laughs> I did listen back and cringe heavily <laughs> at how I was during that quiz. Anyway, right, on to the news, chaps. It does sound like a Mario Kart um, entrance. <laughs> ben, crack I like on. it. <laughs> right. Uh, so, touching a few things. Um, it's a, the Five Minutes Fans Forum on Thursday. Um, some of the key points from there. Obviously, there was questions on Matty Taylor, uh, whether we were interested in him. KR just said, if he's available, we like him, but played it down quite a lot. Said he was at the game the other day because his friend was a mascot. So, we'll have to wait and see uh, what comes out of that. He did say there were two or three others where we were a bit further down the line in terms of doing a deal, um, Yeah, which he then also mentioned after the Blackpool game, saying he was going back to the training ground to meet a striker. 
as of yet, we've not heard any news on that. But uh, hopefully, he said he was going to meet up. He said he was going to meet up with the striker at half ten at night. He must be keen. Must be local as well. Very keen. Um, He also said uh, Shandon Baptiste, best player in training for the last two days, Uh, absolutely phenomenal. Um, Mackie told him not to uh, not to rush him back because he's he's going to be a game changer. That's good to hear. Uh, Also said he doesn't have any plans to replace Sean Derry. Um, they're going to be doing a little internal rejigging, uh, and KR said himself he was going to take on a bit more of the coaching role. So we'll see if that uh, produces any more results. I remember uh, our mole in the camp saying that Derry wasn't a popular chap amongst the players. So maybe that's uh, maybe he took a lesser role as the season played out, and that's one of the reasons for not doing it. It's you know he found KR found a found a way to make it work. Yeah, he's a big big character, is mm. Derry. So. By the way, if you can hear a screaming child in the background, which is a regular feature on our pod <laughs> these days, then that is my son, Sam, who is 10 weeks old. So there's not much I can do about that. Bless him. Sorry, Ben. That's all right. Has uh, uh, Oxfox sent an email update out? Well, they touched on a few meetings and events over the last few weeks. Uh, talked about the AGM uh, and their discussion about the finance. Uh, key message, as, as it has been the last few weeks, is sustainability. Um, they said the payments to, to Daryl and Faroka for various reasons, the, the charge for selling the club and the arbitration, that's all up to date. They've got a regular payment plan in place. Um, the unforeseen costs from last year, Tiger said they've they've been paid and that there, there shouldn't be any return of that this year. So he said we're in a strong position going forward. Uh, then Oxox, interestingly, asked how the, the club's debt was covered. Um, they said it was through intercompany loans. Uh, I'm not going to pretend to understand what that really means, apart from they're all lending each other money. Um, but the, one of the criteria for repayment was uh, us reaching the Premier League by 2025, which seems quite a quite a bold statement. Um, so they're, they're clarifying yeah, exactly but... what that means and, and how much of that loan is covered, because that that's quite a quite an interesting thing to be held to. Yeah, it sounded it sounds positive for the club though you know it it basically means well the way i've read it is that they'll loan money to the club and won't expect any payments back until the club's in the premier league ultimately right so yeah i think ironically, that's a good place to be the, the, the only way we could get into the premiership by 2025 would be going into major major debt <laughs> to um yeah. buy every player under the sun in that short period of time so it seems like a really bizarre criteria to meet which on one hand, you think, God, do they? Is that how they think is achievable? Which is not great. But then, I guess, as you say, it covers up, it covers us off from uh, actually having to pay the money back. So that's a fair point, especially in the last the last pod uh, we talked about how Zaki had said that um, gambling wasn't something that we're going to be doing going forward. But maybe we're not going to see so much of that in League One. We'll fund it through the odd sale of a key player, Gavin White style, and then. There'll be a different approach if we were to get into the championship, but yeah, it's an interesting one. I'll look forward to a, an update on that. Yeah, I, th- I think it, you're right. It does provide a bit more security for us in that they can't just pull the plug whenever they want. So hopefully, we're, we're looking good going forward. Um, didn't give an update on the stadium situation, but that's not really a surprise. Do get the feeling though we might get something sooner rather than later on on wherever we're going. In the did future. you hear the? Did you hear the pun that? Um, uh, Mr. Mac, he basically said we're not he, like fans won't get any updates until there's something concrete to talk about. I did hear that. Yeah, it was very good. 
anyway. Uh, Oxfox generally are, are really happy with the, the improved communication from the board um, and, and the passion that Tiger and, and Zaki and the rest have, have shown when they've been speaking recently, which I think we were all asking for a, a bit more um, transparency from the board last season. So it's good to see that that's, that's happening. They also gave an update on the, the mural on the east stand at the Kassam. Uh, they said Tiger and, and Zaki and Carl and, and the rest of the board gave some of their views on the design of the mural, which I'm guessing includes taking that survey for selecting which pictures they want on there. Uh, they also said they would fill any shortfall, which is uh, is kind of kind offer from them. Uh, but thankfully, Oxfox confirmed there is enough funding for the project to go ahead, and that's mainly due to a, a thousand pound donation from Polythene UK, who have been a sponsor of ours for over a decade now. They're on the back of the shirt, so it's uh, it's great to see that they've contributed to that. Some uh, some of the results from other teams, apart from the first team, uh, the women's game was postponed, so they're still waiting to start their season. But the under-18s have had a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, lost the first game at Plymouth 4-1, uh, beat Exeter 2-1, uh, and had a heart four draw against uh, them lot down the A420 on Saturday. 2-0 down, came back to mm. get a good draw. So hopefully they can go some way to replicating the fantastic season they had last year where they uh, won their league. Nice. Is that all the news? That is all the news. There, there was one other thing that we were going to talk about, and it was to do, I'm not sure if all of you guys have heard it, but um, the Berry chairman and one of their, the Berry players on TalkSport having it off against each other. Um, it's something we could go into a lot of detail on, but just want to say thoughts with, they're obviously not listening to an Oxford United podcast, <laughs> but thoughts are obviously going out to... Um, Berry fans on the state of the club and probably to Bolton as well. Um, but if you haven't heard it, uh, I'd recommend going and listening. It's available on the Talk Sports site and it's probably worth a listen, but makes you appreciate um, the state that Oxford United is in at the moment. We'll uh, we'll put a link out on the um, podcast uh, Twitter account for anybody that wants to listen to it. That's a good shout. Right. It's on to Blackpool. So Andy and Connor, you guys made the quite short journey. What was it, hour and a half across? Yeah, about yeah, I think it was about an hour and a half. It was it was fairly it was fairly good uh, run to be fair. We only uh, we hit a bit of traffic. Um, it feels a lot longer or a bit a lot further than it actually is, though. To be honest, I don't know if that was the state of the car that I was driving. Um, we were in a <laughs> we were in a, in a bright purple uh, Nissan Duke, but it is a higher car. I have to add, it's not my own, not my choice of car. Um, yeah, there was. I think there was five of us uh, from the Yorkshire Yellows group. Went actually. There was me, uh, uh, Connor, John Beale, Aaron, and Andrew. Um, we all we all went and met, met up at different stages. Didn't didn't sit together, which was a bit strange. We normally do. Um, but I think we got in quite late, and it was uh, a case of finding somewhere to sit or stand rather than did, picking. Did you manage to get the flag up? Ah, oh, we got a flag. We up. did. Yeah, happy days. Interestingly, though, we didn't get a choice of where we wanted to put the flag up. Uh, Kataro did, though, funnily enough. What? Yeah, he, he did. He, uh, I think but in his, I think in his defence, he only wanted to get a picture of it right at the front, so uh, we'll just, let him off with that one. That, but, that, no. um, he is he is a good he is a good lad, though. I've, I've, he, <clears throat> I miss him. I think he's going home today or tomorrow, so I will I will miss seeing his face at games, but. 
I saw um, that he was raving it up in Blackpool <laughs> on, on, the, on the Friday night. On the seafront. That's right. Um, yeah, we had no problem getting the flag up, to be fair. They, uh, they had a little designated flag area. Um, we put it up in all its glory. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, I'm not, I think one, one of the things I think I will take away from it is where we, we sat, you didn't get a very good overview of the game, to be honest. I prefer to be a little bit higher up so you can see what's going on. Um, and obviously we sat where Connor wanted to sit because he wanted to top up his tan. Ah. Yeah. um, You can blame me for that. I wanted to sit in the sun. Have, so, uh, didn't you we have a little bit lower than, than usual? They usually put you. Well, they have in recent years been putting you behind the goal because of the attendances being so low. But you were on the side of the pitch again, which is yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was terrible. Actually, it was a terrible view. We had like a pillar either side of us, so one of them was right in front of the goal as well. No, I didn't actually see Josh Ruffles sneaking at the back post for the header. I just saw the ball nestle in the net, so my celebration was a little bit delayed. <laughs> <laughs> right so what about the game is it worth summarizing it and then running through the halves yeah i'll um I'll, I'll just go over a few like a brief overview of the game um and then we'll go into some key points i think from the first and second half um probably the first one i think we'll agree on is we missed um Fosse's pace massively um hopefully he's not out for long i think it's a hamstring injury but I'm hoping it's more of a precaution than the long-term injury but it was just evident down both wings. We just didn't have any, a lot of pace, to be honest. Um, and I think when you look at the team without him in it, we don't have a lot of pace uh, full stop, which is the thing. It's probably why uh, Carl Robinson's looking for another winger. I think Hall is probably quite a way off being up to full fitness and, and being the, the Rob Hall we know he can be. Um, I think we had a uh, we had a f- slow start. I mean, the whole first half pretty much was just it was completely different to the other three games we've played um we didn't really spark into life until about the 40th minute um we we created a fair amount of chances but we just there was no end product like there was so many chances that a decent number nine would have eaten up and the score probably would have went in if they hadn't scored two we it probably would have been a reversed sort of score we might have gone in two three up um so everybody knows that we're missing a striker that number nine i mean it'd be interesting to see um what um aji um brings to the table um we did well in defense again um eastwood had little to do um i'd like to see more given a bit more time to be fair um i think obviously we paid a significant fee for him um, and I'd like to see him. I, I don't think he's going to get in the team at the moment, though, because it looked like Massinho, um It looked like Dicky still played well. Didn't shouldn't have given away a penalty because it wasn't a penalty. And then more. Um, how? Yeah, Moose played well apart from potentially losing his man for their opening goal. But he said, you know, he had a solid game. I put the player ratings in that the Oxford Mail um, pulled up, you know, pulled apart, and seems to still have a good game. Yeah, I think you, you, go on, go on, Connor, go on. Yeah, I don't think we'll be seeing more um, feature in the first team for uh, league games for a while. I, th- I think he'll start in the cup games. We've got Norwich under twenty under twenty ones coming up. Yeah, and I, th- I think he'll start those games. And if he can put in a good performance there, and you know, push his way into the team, if if uh, 
Dickey or Massinho, probably most likely, might have a, a bit of a dodgy game that he might be given a chance. But I, I think until then, I don't really see him stepping in at the moment. I think um, Cadden had a good, another good game. He worked hard in the first half. He had some whipped some great crosses into the box. Um, probably felt he was working a little bit in vain um, without having that number nine player or a goal scorer on the end of them. Um, and he was probably the standout player um, for me in that first half. I thought um, Hansen was poor. I think I can probably see why Robinson started him. Um, but he was he, he really was poor. He had a poor touch, lost the ball a fair amount and didn't try to get it back. And he just at times looked like a, a rabbit caught between headlights. Um, I don't know. He's, I think the jury's still out on him. Um, he's been with this, what, season um, and a bit. Um, so so we, how did the midfield actually line up with him coming into the team? So um, it was with Goring, Brannigan and Hansen as a three. But on the team sheet, yeah. I think Goring was playing holding. Um, but actually in the sec- at the start of the second half, Goring played a bit further forward and Hansen dropped into the into the holding midfield role. So it was like a little, you know, like a one, then a two. Cool. Yeah, um, we were trying various different things, I think, um, in that first half. We were trying a few long balls over the top, um, but they were going to some sort of fictional sort of target man. Obviously, Woodburn and, and Brannigan, I don't think, are gonna, ever going to get them or win them, but will win those balls, or Mackey as well. Um, uh, but I think the standout thing for everybody at that game, um, certainly from an Oxford point of view, is the referee again. He, he was abysmal throughout the game. He was inconsistent. He was weak. Um, and I just, I, the same as a lot of people, I'm just wondering when poor referees are, are going to be held to account. Um, I think we, we probably need to have a separate episode on the referees and, and what we can probably do or what the EFL and the different governing bodies can do to rein these poor referees in. Because I don't think it's, it, it just is a case they're just poor. You know what I mean? It's not, I don't think there's anything else to it. They're just poor. Yeah. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're not strong enough. Maybe they're not experienced enough. I don't know. But um, yeah. So that's that. How was uh, <clears throat> sorry? How was Gorin? How did he get on? I'm sneakily quite um, excited about him because I think we've missed that sort of take the ball off the defence type. You know, Paul McLaren not that long ago was a very good example of it. Um, and he seems to be quite tidily actually giving us some real solidity. Yeah, I think he played well. He had a good game. He had a good half. Um, he's solid. He does what he does. He does it. He does it well. Um, I think he spends he spends a lot of time looking for a pass, like a, a simple pass, which is probably what you should what what you do in football. You look for the easy pass. Um, whereas there might be a slightly more difficult pass, like forward. He was looking for a pass, sort of left or right or or back. But I have I've. No complaints about him. I'm I'm happy with him starting in the team. So cool. Uh, so I don't know. Unless have you got anything else to add to the sort of main overview of the game, Connor? Um, I mean that was certainly what we what we've covered there was mostly the first half in terms of the way we played. I mean, if we're going to go for an over overall review of the game, um, I mean certainly second half we were far far better than we were in the first half. I mean that the goal right at the end of the half. I think sparked the boys up a bit and gave them a bit more confidence. And, and second half, we came out guns blazing, really. And 
it was it was a much better start to the first half and we ended it pretty well as well. Unfortunately, obviously the result did not reflect that. Um, we did pretty much, you know, throw the kitchen sink at Blackpool throughout the second half. And we keep going back to the same point. If we have a number nine who's capable of sticking a ball in the back of the net, I'm almost certain we would have won that game. Yeah. But even back in the first half, um, if you watch like the extended highlights, it's just us battering them at that end as well, right? Ruffles like has a really well. It's a clear like header that you could get on target at the back post. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not too dissimilar to his goal actually that he ends up getting. Yeah, um, was... Woodburn hit the post as well, didn't he? Yeah, like, yeah, switched. that was. It was a good shot. He was, I think, he's known for having a, a decent shot on him from outside the box, and it was just unfortunate. I think John. John Beale said if it was obviously a couple of inches to the right, it would probably snuck in and it was just one of those. Um, I think it's probably, it'll start getting to him in the next couple of games if he doesn't get on the score sheet. He's had some good chances and a lot of it has been luck rather than his talent, obviously. Um, And I think that's going to obviously start playing on his mind a little bit but he was it did it did the right thing i'd rather see somebody shoot in that position and have a shot at goal than look for a pass so i've got no complaints yeah. with what he did i think he was just unlucky um the other key things i think probably um the goal obviously blackpool's first goal obviously moose lost his man is one of them it's the within the first five minutes it's just i don't know you're settling down you're you finding your feet you're finding your rhythm and I guess they just found theirs a little bit quicker than we did. Um, They're always kind of like isolated instants, though, aren't they? Set plays. And once he got round Moose, like Eastwood was getting nowhere near it. It was like a bullet. It was like yeah, Dickie, it's it like Dickie's really good goal away at Sunderland. Yeah, you can't take it away from him that it was a decent goal. To be fair, it was um, it was a good goal. He lost his man. He did what he needed to do. Um, was that a rogue jingle, Jay? It sounded no, like No, that it? was nothing. Who was that? No, I think it was a, a motorbike whizzed past my window. I think that's where it was. <laughs> oh, fun edit. Uh, yeah, Real life in action. It all adds to the ambience. The it thing does. is, though, I can't ed- I can't edit it out now because we referred to it. So now <laughs> I don't if, mind, I, if I take it out, it's just weird. <laughs> well, anyway. well done, John. Yeah. I think. Well, I was just, you know, so we're all about the jingles, whether they're real or or actual jingles from outside the street. So, <laughs> what about? We'll, um, we'll kick on with the um, obviously the rest of the first half. There's only really a couple of other things to talk about. Obviously, the penalty on 45 minutes. I mean, we from where I was sitting, we were quite low down. To me, initially, it looked like it was outside of the box. Um, and then when you look at you look back at the replays, it probably it's borderline whether it's even in the box at all, but regardless the ref got it wrong i think nangelo went into dicky rather than dicky going into nangelo yeah. and then yeah. he fell over so i think he's done the classic felt felt the contact and gone over. gone down so yeah. you know yes yeah, this classic thing of yes you, you've got to make contact but you can kind of tell that in that position he's just going to try and go down as soon as he can so i agree it wasn't a penalty but dicky's got to try and think of these things yeah but, i know, think also the referee pointed to the can spot go, very, quickly. Go away very quickly then. Yeah. yeah the referee was keen to give the penalty mm. a couple of other things obviously the goal cut in again with a nice lofted back post delivery uh saw roughs just run onto it and obviously nod it down into the into the goal 
Um, we're back in the game then. You know, I mean, it's on the stroke of half time. Everybody's, it, you could argue, it probably came at a bad time because we haven't got any time to carry on that um, momentum. But regardless, we're back in the game. And obviously, the other thing to talk about was Mackey's uh, obviously miss. He's done, he does what he does. We know what Mackey's there for. He's there, he's there to ruffle, the, obviously, the defence. He's there to try and create space. Um, it, I may be a little bit critical in saying this, but I don't think he offers a lot else, to be honest. Um, he's yeah. kind of t- he's we, tied into contract. He, he should have scored that. It's did, I was going to say, yeah, did we mention that tapping? I, I, I couldn't... When I watched that back, I was just like, ah, oh. he's got the whole goal, at least two-thirds <laughs> of the goal to aim at, and he's within the six-yard box. He's like, you know, it's like yeah. three yards out. It's easy to sit here and be critical as a fan and somebody watching the game, but that's what the people, that's what players are paid to do, especially as a forward. And I, and I get he's not a prolific goal scorer, but even so, yeah. a guy that's been in the game as long as he has, he should be scoring them. But it is what it is. Yeah. Um, so uh, we'll move on to the second half. We'll let we'll let Connor have a little uh, chat about the second half. Yeah. So like I said earlier, the, the second half we started much brighter. We came out the blocks uh, pretty quick. And I think, like I also mentioned earlier, Hansen sort of drops back into the holding midfield role, which which really does allow Cameron Brannigan to push forward. And I have noticed in the last three games, I don't know about about you guys, but um, Brannigan going forward looks really good at the moment. Yeah, like he's running on the ball, he looks fantastic going forward, and his his, his array of passes in between the lines, um, slipping the ball into wide areas as well for for Henry. He did that a few times, and obviously Ruffles as well. Actually, I noticed towards the end of the second half, Brannigan was really the, the sort of the dictator, uh, which is good to see. Um, and also, like I said, we just had a, an absolute plethora of chances. Just they just kept coming. Um, Woodburn had a shot saved on the fifty-second minute um, inside the box. Shot to curl one into the far left corner. Keeper made a good save. Um, I mean, nothing, nothing special. Pretty comfortable save, but you know, he still had to make it. Um, Mackie and Hansen had quite a few headed chances throughout the, throughout the second half obviously the main one I'm sure we've all seen it on the highlights if you weren't at the game uh, Hansen hit the underside of the bar on the 65th yeah. minute and at this point I think a lot of the fans in the stadium were we were on our toes a bit and we were thinking we're going we're gonna to nick one here because we did look pretty threatening that was a great header um, wasn't it I know you said Hansen yeah, had a poor game but it, like it was yeah the move leading up to that header was, as well yeah. was class yeah, it was a nice little delivery. I think it was um was it Ruffles, I think, with the delivery? Mm-hmm. I think. Left I know it was a left foot yeah, cross. Left, yeah, Ruff, Ruffles had I think it was he was the one of the key men in the second half, wasn't it? Literally every time you looked, he was down that left and he was whipping the balls in, so Yeah. Yeah, he had a good game. And I I, I do I think Ruffles had a good good start to the season. Um Henry also had another few opportunities in the second half. He had a left footed shot from the centre of the box. Uh, I think it was on the 61st minute and it's dragged wide. Um, there's a few pictures that the Oxford Mail uh, photographer's got of him uh, with his, with his um, hands in his, no, head in his hands uh, after he missed that. Um, I think to, overall, to be honest, I think, you know, like they said on the radio, we can accept defeat when you play in such a, in such a positive and attacking manner. But again, it really does highlight this game in particular, how we are really lacking that cutting edge going forward. Um, and I think Fosu's absence might well have played a part in that on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, I think, again, bringing in a striker, if we can bring someone in who is 
wouldn't, I wouldn't even go as far as saying a proven goal scorer. I just think someone who can just bag that you know can bag a few. Because yeah. <laughs> at the moment, like I don't see, I don't see Mackie doing anything other than what we've already discussed also in previous pods about his work rate, etc. Um, again, Cadden, Henry, Ruffles, they all had a solid game. The three of them. Um, I think if we do get a prolific goal scorer in or someone who, who can get on the end of some crosses, I think the way they've played those three players in the last three games, if they keep that up, um, a striker's going to bound yeah, to score goals. For sure. Um, also, again, we sustained a scary amount of pressure in the in the second half, which is really good to watch. But I, don't, I think the defensive performance as well in the second half shouldn't be overlooked because when Blackpool did regain possession, um, and like Simon Grayson said in his in his interview, they didn't have it for long. And Cameron Brannigan was particularly useful for winning the ball back, and he really stopped any of the potential transitions from defence to attack for Blackpool. Um, again, towards the end of the second half, we made some changes. Ford, Hall, and Moore all came on, uh, all to limited effect, to be honest. And um, I think to round up the second half, uh, when me and Andy left the stadium, uh, <laughs> we were walking amongst a load of uh, Blackpool fans and I overheard one of them say Christ that Oxford striker they brought on was a big lad <laughs> um, <laughs> obviously referring to Moore who came on as basically a route one option at the end of the second half if that had caught, if, if, if that had pulled that if Robinson had pulled that off though he would have been he, it's a stroke of genius um, I think Black, yeah. Blackpool knew exactly what he who he was or maybe not who he was but what Robinson was trying to do and every time the ball came anywhere near him yeah, he had definitely. two or three players on him so I, I think yeah. there's one of the other points about Moore he's obviously he's clearly got a defensive ability um, he was he was not long after he came on, he was obviously the, they they had a, they broke um, and he obviously had some fresh legs and he was he was bounding down the uh, down the pitch like Bambi. Um, obviously got a tackle in, um, and I think obviously any tackle from behind probably looks a lot worse than it is. But it, what it was it wasn't a dangerous tackle, but he obviously he got the yellow card. He, and it, it was it was probably just a, a defender's instinct to be honest. But um, I think he's obviously got an he's got an ability. Um, he just needs to he needs that break, I guess, and the chance to to cement himself in the squad. And like we said earlier, Moose has been pretty solid. So I think um, it's probably only going to come if if Moose picks up an injury or or something else happens. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think finally to round it up, I've got a little section here called uh, Connor and Andy's post match car analysis. <laughs> Um, we jump back in the purple juke, and uh, I think in this initially, uh, just to clarify, she's called uh, Nora. Nora. If anybody wants to know, she's called Nora. Yeah, right. N- Nora the yeah. Nissan. We jump back in Nora the Nissan, and uh, initially, I think the pair of us were pretty disappointed, to be honest with you, with the result purely because of the lack of ability to stick the ball in the back of the net, um, regardless of the pressure that we put them under. Um, so we did have a little bit of a sulk for about half an hour. Um, however. I don't know about you, Andy, but I think reflect on reflection of the game, you know, 24 hours later or whatever, um, I was pleased with the performance. And I think if we play like that in other games against other oppositions, I don't think there'll be many teams in the league that will be able to deal with us if those uh, if that magical striker comes in and can put a few yeah. balls in. Yeah, you, you've got to think as well, that team was had won their first two games in Blackpool. We had 69% yeah. possession, 23 shots and... 13 corners whatever if you looked at those stats and you didn't know what the score was and you didn't you you would 
or you didn't know like what went on in the game. You'd assume that Blackpool had like four men sent off. It was a bit. It was really. <laughs> it was a strange one. We yeah. we got back in the car and we put on BBC um, Radio Oxford, and we there was a bit of chat in the in the WhatsApp group, and we just couldn't initially understand where everyone was getting their like opinions from. But I think once you analyse it, we we looked at the stats and we're like, well, where did those stats come from? Um, but then I think once you watch the highlights back and the extended highlights, etc., you can probably, yeah, you can see how well we did. And I think it wasn't for a want of trying. We were just unlucky. Um, and I think, again, it goes back to that whole number nine striker issue. If we'd had somebody like Taylor or somebody that knows where the back of the net is, it 100% would have been a different game. But that's that's football, yeah. I guess. Um, some, sometimes you, you win, sometimes you lose. So. Yeah, we'll play much worse than that and win games easily this year. And um so, yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, we we I would argue we we played worse against Peterborough <laughs> compared to to compared to the second half of this game anyway. because um, if you compare the second half of the, the Blackpool game versus the second half of the Peterborough game, there were yeah. There were certainly differences there. But again, you know, it is what it is. Um I don't think the lads will, will, will leave with their heads, you know, down too low. And, you know, we move on to uh, Burton on Tuesday. Absolutely. Was there, before we just move on to what else was going on in League One, can anyone remember a better defeat than that? My, the last one I could refer back to in my head was Middlesbrough. But I don't think so. I think with Middle, Middlesbrough, it's more, I think, they're just being there in the two goals in two minutes. I, I don't think we played particularly well that day. I think it was just the occasion where it, it didn't feel like a bad defeat. I, I'm not sure the last time we absolutely dominated a game like that and still lost. Yeah, that's a fair shout. The second half of Middlesbrough was unreal, but yeah, it probably is. I still have scars on my shins from that Martinez goal. <laughs> um, the only other bit of reaction... Uh, from that, Simon Grayson said, I think this has been shared everywhere, but he said, when I analyse it, uh, who enjoyed a nice sip of drink there? And that was, I felt like I was in it. <laughs> anyway, Simon Grayson didn't say that. He said, when I analyse it, uh, I think we were second best in all departments. Really, we've got something out of the game that we probably didn't deserve to. And, you know, it's good to hear that from an opposition manager. And um, KR also said, obviously, thank the fans, thank the players. Um everything that the players are working on, they're doing. Um, and then he said, it's evident what we need, obviously referring to the striker. So, The um, the Ox blogger blog is worth a read because they make the point that um, obviously no one wants to lose games, but actually if we'd won this one, I think people would probably got quite carried away when we're not really quite the finished article. So you're going to lose eventually. So this many points from these tough opening games... It's actually more the next three or four fixtures where we judge our, our season. So he wasn't saying, oh, it was great to lose. He was actually saying, well, we need to lose at some point. And to play well and lose, just to play really well and lose is actually not the end of the world yeah. at this stage of the season. So I thought it was pretty much spot on. He's decent, Ox, Ox He's blogger. Really? It's always yeah. a, it's a good read every time. Ah. Right, let's wrap through quickly what happened across League One. So um, our next opponents, Burton, lost 1-0 at home to Rotherham. I'm guessing, John, you're going to refer to that in a second anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bolton lost 5-0 to Tranmere. 
Um, I was wondering whether we should expect more of those results at Bolton based on the situation they're in. I'm guessing the answer is that's going to be yes. Yeah. But I haven't had time to go and look at their their lineups and see how many youth players are there and if they've still got any seniors actually playing. The yeah, average age is like 19 apparently or something like that. God. So, so we're away at Bolton on the 17th of September, so one to watch out for. I think that's a Tuesday night. Um Lincoln won four nil against Southend, who and they've now scored eight, conceding zero in the top of the league. And there's a League Cup win away at Huddersfield where they won one nil within there somewhere as well. And Southend's fortunes are pretty much exactly opposite to that. They've let in eight and lost all three games. Um, I think we're playing them in mid early to mid October at Roots Hall. Um Lincoln is coming up and that's gonna be a, a spicy game. I haven't used spicy for a while, but I'm very excited for that game. Like, it's going to be great. It should be a good day out. Um, and the only other thing I put a note of was around Peterborough, um, obviously coming off the back of the two 1-0 defeats against us to draw two all with Ipswich. Uh, Luke Chambers scored an equaliser in the 94th minute to deny them that victory. So hopefully, because obviously, you know, the quality of Ipswich and their wage budget that they'll have, that should help to emphasise what a good job we've done against the posh across those two games so either way we're obviously sat in mid table now it's definitely too early to refer to tables but hopefully we'll be climbing up there soon and now we're back on to Andy Dent we're into the trivia section and then we'll obviously move on to the Burton preview after that Andy there's a new intro for you are you excited <laughs> I'm very excited um, I mean you give us a little bit of a, a clue as to what it might be but yeah, let's let's roll. Andy Dent. <laughs> oh my days! I don't. I don't think. You've of all your life. I don't think that could be further from what I'd requested. But <laughs> <laughs> just for, just for anybody listening, James did say on the. Um, the Peterborough podcast we might switch it up a bit and if I had any requests to let him know which I, which I did um and I'd requested because I'm an 80s baby I'd requested something uh, that was 80s inspired so I was thinking sort of Knight Rider, Airwolf, sort of, that sort of thing and I've got Monty Python. <laughs> I did listen I did actually go and listen to the Knight Rider intro and then I started with it but I only had like 34 minutes to work with before one of my children woke up I would have I would have preferred Airwolf if I'm honest but I didn't think you'd know what Airwolf was so that's why I put Knight Rider on our on our WhatsApp group but I still I love it it's good so without further ado um We'll we'll crack on with the easy one, which is um, Oxford Night on this day. It always brings up um, either a gem or something. Uh, <laughs> well, I wouldn't. I don't really know what what to say. But um, so yeah, let's let's do this. Uh, Saturday, the eighteenth of August, nineteen sixty-two. I know it's not Saturday, but obviously it is the eighteenth of August. Um, so this is what happened on that day. Oxford's first game as a football league club was at Barrows Holker Street. United took the lead with Graham Atkinson scoring the side's historic first goal and a Bud Houghton goal gave the U's a 2-1 half-time lead. However, the 6,569 crowd saw two late goals from the home side to condemn United to a 3-2 defeat. Ah. It's a story nice. of our life. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
and I'll, I'll rattle through this other one. This this one is interesting, um, as we found out on the last pod. So, John, seeing as you're um, you're back in the game, you're back in the starting eleven. Um, if you could say um, stop whenever you're ready. Stop. Oh, nah. <laughs> although, <laughs> although it is a good one. It's 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 about Joey Beecham on the wing. It is. It's a full page spread. So I think we'll just for quickness we'll go again. So whenever you're ready, stop. Right. Um, do you want top or bottom? Top. Top. Okay. Up for the cup. Heading to United's first game in the FA Cup was on September the 5th, 1931, when they lost 8-2 at home to Hounslow in the extra preliminary round. Wow. Uh, the following season, they drew 2-2 at Bicester Town in the, in the preliminary round, losing the replay 4-2 at the Manor. United's first win in the Cup came on September the 4th, 1937, when they beat Marlow 4-2 thanks to a Sansom hat-trick. However, in the next round, uh, Osberton raid... Uh, <laughs> Osberton Radiators won two one at the Manor to eliminate Headington. <laughs> I thought I'd, I thought I'd missed that. I thought it was at least I thought it'd be Osberton Raiders. Raiders. Yeah, but it's actually Osberton Raiders at Radiators. Um, United were avenged the following season, beating the Radiators five two away in the extra preliminary round. They then beat Henley Town away five two before losing three two to Windsor and Eton in the Manor. United's first FA Cup game uh, after the World War II was an embarrassing 8-1 defeat at Banbury Spencer. But in 1946-47, <laughs> they had their Not best again. cup run <laughs> yet, winning 3-2 at Bicester, They're everywhere. beating Banbury Spencer 3-2 and then winning at Aylesbury also 3-2. The run ended with a 5-2 defeat at Uxbridge in the third preliminary round. Damn you, Banbury Spencer. Yeah. Hate that guy. <laughs> so there you go. There's your uh, your facts and trivia and, and your education for the day. I do that kind of carried over nicely from the quiz. You know, Hounslow and it did, yeah, it brought, yeah, it did, yeah. It's not none I mean, of this is none of this is scripted. It's it's all random. Yeah, I do think we should maybe script it and like still have the illusion of like someone picking a thing, but <laughs> then just come out with some glory. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Cheers, Andy. Right, John, you're going to preview Burton on Tuesday night for us. Yeah, Burton. Um, I mean, I think this is going to be a tough, tricky, horrible game, really. I mean, Burton, whilst they've been promoted into the Championship before, and I don't think are famed for their football. They've got a manager who I think tends to play pretty solid and steady away type of football. And I think, as we've mentioned it countless times already, our, our lack of a, a striker with a bit of pace who can just do things a bit more, a bit more differently and take some chances will... We'll need to be on our on our on our metal because we'll probably get few chances against them. I think there'll be a, a classic away team sit back and wait for a break or a or a set piece. Their defence look like they'll love playing Mackie all day long. They're all absolute um, monsters. Um, they've got Jake Buxton at centre back who had a I'd have a look at him. He's one of those um, footballers who doesn't actually look like a real athlete. He's just an absolute <laughs> absolute machine. I think there's another one that plays for Tranmere that looks like right. it should like it shouldn't be. In a football team, but is he like a McNulty or a John Parkin? Yeah, one of those sorts of types. But um, <laughs> so I think they'll be they'll be well organised and, and very solid. Um, so I mean, so far for them in the league, they they've lost to Ipswich and most recent recently lost to Rotherham. And by all accounts, they're unlucky with that. They hit the woodwork three times. They've also beaten Gillingham and Port Vale. That was a cup game. 
away. So I think then they're not off form. And I think that where I think they're where they'd expect to be. Probably I think they're about mid table or something. So they're, they're certainly just coming to this in a fairly fairly normal place, really. Um, formation wise, they play a four three three, fairly standard um, formation at the moment. Um, in terms of their team, Steve Quinn is the sort of the the name and the player we'll probably all recognise. He he was he played for Hull in the Premier League. He was a Republic of Ireland's national. It's one of those a bit like George Boyd last. Um, last pod it was like on the Peterborough pod it was well why is he playing at this level but he he certainly takes a good set piece so he'll be one to to watch out for Scott Fraser in the midfield supposed to be quite useful as well um Liam Boyce is their sort of main strike he doesn't score too many but he links up the sort of the play and he's that sort of focal point down the middle so very yeah. useful and very a lot of nous about him um Lucas Adkin is the one is the danger man he's he scores regularly double figures for last few seasons including in the in the championship um they've got another young striker from everton or off the everton conveyor belt that we know very well at, at our club so he might be i think he started last game and could be very useful and randomly um i don't know whether this is a regular thing or just a standing thing but so i'm sure you will all remember john john zero tool the ex northampton yeah bit of a rock bag striker well he seems to be playing center back for them now which I guess, you know, by all accounts played well, but, you know, striker playing in defender defence gives us some potential opportunity. So I'd be interested if that, that happens again. They did lose two big players in the summer, Marcus Harness to Pompey and who scored against uh, Sunderland uh, yesterday. So they've lost a couple of decent players and I'm not quite sure they've really replaced them. So in terms of predictions, I think this is eminently winnable and if we want to achieve anything this season, this has got to be a home banker. I do worry about breaking them down. I think they'll be very solid and we'll need some either Fosu back or or some sort of um, bit of creativity. And I think set-piece risk is very high, but I'll um, yeah, definitely go for a home win. Home win. I, could, I could see a 3-1, to be honest. Um, predictions across the uh, five-a-side team? As in, as, in, as in it's five of us. 3-1. Yeah. <laughs> Oxford. Yeah, I'm going to go 2-0 I think we're probably still disappointed with the Blackpool result I think the players will be up for it and they'll be they'll want to prove that they've obviously got the ability to, to carry on and get a, a run a run going so I'm going to go 2-0 I mean, these next three or four fixtures I think I might have made this point already is they're all against teams that sort of if we think we're probably going to finish maybe maybe nick a playoff spot um we should be beating all these kind of teams like your Coventries and your, your South Ends, and so we need to be winning this. But I don't think they'll. I think they'll be coming for a point. Um, so it, it'll be a, a grind, grind it down. But if we score one, we could easily score three. Um, Connor, did you have a prediction? Not sure if he. I think we'll we'll nick a two-one. I think it'll be a tight game. Um, I'd like I'd like to see us bag two goals, preferably from open play as well. Yeah. Right. I think we're to the quiz. I'm so excited. <laughs> so this is got more a game. To playing the quiz than the entire rest of the podcast. <laughs> I'm not putting the tense music on until we actually start. But for people that have been on away days with me, I generally force everyone around me to play this game. So it's essentially just guess the player. Um, so all of these players 
I'm going to talk about or played for Oxford at some point in their career. I'm going to give you the clubs they played for, their appearances in terms of how many appearances for each club and any goals that they've scored. And it's as simple as that. Um, so this is ultra competitive. I know, Andy, you love a bit of competition. So there's 11 to get and whoever's got the most at the end wins. I don't know why 11. I just kind of got tired of going on Wikipedia. Um, at that point. <laughs> I assume I think, just 11 in a team. like you know. Oh, ah, yeah. That's why I've done that. You could have swan through that one without any uh, admitting that. But anyway. I think I've tried to keep it to players who have been with us from the mid-90s onwards, as Connor is 14, <coughs> 14 years old. So, <laughs> Thank you. Have, you. have you got buzzers this week, James? No. You have to... Oh. I won't repeat what you have to say. But, Sorry. Um, Okay, you guys ready? I need to keep a tally as we're going for this. Right. The first players started their career in 1993. You can shout out, by the way, as we're going. Uh, they played 87 times, scoring one goal. They moved to Bournemouth on loan, playing seven times, not scoring. Then in 99, went to Leeds United, playing 57 times, scoring four goals. They then went on loan to Stoke City, playing 15 times in 2005 they signed full time for Stoke City playing 80 times scoring one goal there are people in their cars shouting this by the way guys the guy then went to Reading in 2007 I thought this was the easy one to get us started playing 48 times no goals he then went to Wickham Wanderers in 2009 playing 18 times he then went to St Johnston between 2010-2011 playing 50 times scoring one goal and then he moved to Oxford United in 2011-2013 playing 47 times scoring three goals Andy go on uh, is it um, McLaren no guys this is I'm really upset this guy played for Chelsea Leeds, Stoke, oh, Red. Andy, Andy. Yes. Ubri. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm, you I'm, know, I'm not... I, before the quiz started, I actually sat here thinking, I hope Michael Dubri is one of those. I am. I'm worried about the rest of this game now. <laughs> right. The next, the next player, okay, uh, started their career at Oxford United in 1992, playing until 97. 116 games, seven goals. They then moved to Sheffield United in 1997, playing 154 games, scoring six goals. They went back to Oxford United in 2002 to 2003, playing 37 times, one goal before finishing their career at Bath City in 2005. This guy had another player at the same time with the same surname. But I thought the moving to John? Sheffield United was quite significant. Go. Was it Bobby Ford? It was Bobby Ford. Well done, John. Okay, the next player, number three. Started their career at Oxford United playing 77 times, scoring seven goals. I'm going to throw the dates in because it'll make it a bit easier. 97 to 2001, that was. He then went to Boston United in 2001 to 2003, playing 59 times, scoring seven goals. John, then, is it go. Simon Marsh? Incorrect. Yeah. He then went to Stevenage Borough, 2003 to 2004, 35 games, two goals. Bath City on loan after that. 
for a few games. Then he went to Whitney United, 2005 to 2007. 37 games, 25 goals. Sounds like a local lad, doesn't he? Then went to Rushton Diamonds in 2007. Eight games, one goal. Then he went to Crawley Town in 2007. 78 games, 33 goals. Then Simon, he, John, is it Simon Weatherston? It is not Simon Weatherston. He then went back in 2009, 2010 to Oxford United. That was a good season for us. Playing 16 times, scoring three goals. Before returning to Crawley Town in 2010 to 2009. Andy! Go on. I know who it is, I just can't think of his name. <laughs> he's, he's from Oxford. John. Uh, Jamie Cook? It's Jamie Cook. And, ah. oh, who said Jamie Cook? I did. John. Okay. I did John. say John before uh, Andy was dithering, so I just pounced. <laughs> <laughs> right, the next one. Started their career at Knott's Forest in 1990. Zero game. I don't know why I'm saying this. Oh, no. Come back. Right. <laughs> I will carry on. They started their career at Knott's Forest, but it doesn't look like they played any games. Then went to Middlesbrough, didn't really play any games. Then went to Hartlepool United in 1992 to 95, playing 82 games. Then signing for Oxford United in 95, playing until 99, 177 games and 10 goals. Then went to Leicester City in 1999 to 2001, playing 39 times, scoring one goal. Andy. Ben. Andy first. Matt Elliott. Incorrect. John. I knew some. It's Ben next. Ah, oh. no! I was gonna go. I was gonna go Elliot as well. Okay, it is Phil Gilchrist. John, John's flying away. Um, Connor, how you doing, man? I think it, <laughs> uh, my mic's not working. <laughs> <laughs> right, some of these should hopefully get a bit easier. Right, uh, this guy started his career at Middlesbrough in 2005, playing four times. Uh, he was there for a long time, actually, four years. He went to Luton Town on loan in 2008 to 2009, playing four times, scoring four goals. Luton thought, I want a piece of that. So they signed the guy permanently in 2009. Uh, he played one, two, well, two seasons, played 70 times, scoring 31 goals. And then in 2010, Oxford United signed the chap from Luton, played with us for three seasons, I think. Uh, 80 games and 26 goals. I know this. I, just, I can't think of his name. I know the player. I can visualise the player. I just can't think of his fucking name. <laughs> John, is it? John, is it Asa Hall? It's not Asa Hall, no. Uh, he didn't score. Ah, Asa Andy. Goals, yeah. Tom Craddock. Well done, Andy. Yes! Oh, very good. <laughs> Again. I am concerned about our, the listening base, and <laughs> I think some of them have just either crashed their car, chuck their phone on the floor. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, right, how many have we got left? We've still got six or something. We're going to keep going. Right, this player started their career at Grimsby in 1989, <laughs> uh, going to Hull City in 1993 for two years, playing 49 times. He then went to West Brom, 95 to 96, but only played one game. Went to Hereford United, 96 to 98, 82 games, uh, eight goals. Went to Plymouth, 98 to 2000, 76 games, five goals. Northampton Town in 2000 uh, to 2004, 153 games, seven goals. 
went to Brentford in 2004 to 2005, 30 games, two goals. And then in 2005, he signed for Oxford United, playing 73 times, scoring six goals. John, is it Chris Hargreaves? It's Chris Hargreaves. Fantastic. I thought that was going to be quite a hard one. I've got his uh, autobiography staring at me. Where's your caravan? Well, it's about three metres away from me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. The next guy started his career at Walton Forest. No idea where that is. Uh, Played one game. Then he went to Peterborough United in 2007, playing two games, but leaving there in 2000. Actually, he had, this guy had a load of loans whilst he was at Peterborough. So he played for somewhere that I can't pronounce, like Kevinsdell. Then he went to Grays in 2007, went to Haven and Waterlooville, uh, played 15 times for them, scoring two goals. And then in uh, 2008, he went to Wimbledon, 2008 to 2009, went to Kettering Town. Andy. Okay. Yeah? Uh, is it... Uh, again, I can see his face. I can't visualise it. I'm going to carry on, Andy. I'm going to carry on. Ben. Ben. Is it Alfie Potter? It's Alfie Potter. Yeah. The Haven and Waterlooville thing stuck with me with Alfie Potter, and I don't know why. But they played. Didn't they play Liverpool in the cup? That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Scored, yeah. It wasn't who I was going to say, but oh, shit. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say who I think it was in case he pops up again. <laughs> Right, we have one, two, three, four remaining, and the scores on the doors at the moment are Connor, whose mic's broken, Ben with one, Andy with two, and John with four. And John is is doing well in the in the quizzes so far. Right, this next fella started his career at Cambridge United between 2001 and 2003. 102 games, 40 goals. He then went to Reading in 2003 to 2008. 135 games and 54 goals. He then went to Stoke City in 2008 to 2010, scoring three goals in 34 games. He then went back to Reading on loan for a little bit in 2009, 10 games. Andy. Yeah. Ben. Andy first. Is it Dave Kitson? It's Dave Kitson. Yes, come on. Um, I think Ben's like lag. <laughs> it's not helping him. <laughs> it's uh, not helping me at all. No. Right, three left. Um, this guy started his career in '98 at Yeovil Town, playing until 2002. 97 games, two goals. Then went to Stockport County, 2002 to 2003. 24 games, zero goals. You can probably guess where he plays. Crew Alexandra in 2003 to 2006, 88 games, zero goals. Then went to Yeovil again, 2006, 2007, five games, zero goals. Andy. Yes. Ryan Clark. Incorrect. He does sound. Did you just think because of the farmeriness of Yeovil? No, I just thought of the zero goals, but. (laughs) Uh, Forest Green Rovers, 2007 to 2008, 38 games, zero goals. Cambridge United, 2008 to 2010, 60 games, zero goals. And then that magical year for Oxford, 2010 to 2012, Oxford United signed this chap. He played 73 times, scoring zero goals. Andy? Yeah. Uh, Is it Billy Turley? It's not, no. (laughs) It's definitely not Billy Turley. Um, We then sold this guy to Aldershot Town um, in 2012, stay there for three years playing 62 times oh. the, so this guy was a left back 
Oh, yeah. Andy? Yeah. Tom Newey? No. Mm-hmm. And he's very well spoken. He played for Cambridge and Oxford, and you could kind of tell. He suited it. Did we give up? For Red- Did you say he played for Reading as well? No, no, no. That was Kitson. Well spoken, well spoken, left back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna move on. Oh, give us another clue. Uh, his first name is Anthony. Andy. Yeah. <laughs> John, John Anthony Tonkin. Oh, move Tonkin. on, move Tonkin. On. Tonkin. Yeah. John got Tonkin. Oh. Yeah. I don't like giving that though. That's yeah. <laughs> that was. I would sure. never have got it if you hadn't said that. Yeah. That's a, that was that was a hard one. Right. Two left. Uh, this player started their career at Oxford United in 2000 until 2003, playing 45 times, scoring one goal. Then went to Telford United in 2003 to 2000. John. John. Yeah. Sam Ricketts. Sam Ricketts. Good, good. Oh, John. He's up there. His knowledge is strong. I think I've locked it. I think you've definitely locked it. But we'll do the last one anyway. Um, This player started their career at Chippenham Town in 2003. (laughs) Oh, for God's sake. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, it's the one and only Beano. Fantastic. Just, did he start his career at Chippenham Town though? No, it says Sirencester. Sirencester. <laughs> but he didn't play. It looks like he didn't play for Sirencester. Are you in charge of his Wikipedia page? I'm not. No, you're not writing his autobiography or biography. <laughs> no, 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 not yet. Bino, if you want me to help, you know where I am. Pick up the phone, call me. <laughs> right, I think that's that's a wrap then, chaps. Did you enjoy the quiz? Was it a bit it tense? Oh, my, my, my mic's just started working again. <laughs> I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know what happened there. Well, we're not redoing, we're not redoing it. I'm not having my wind taken away. <laughs> yeah, actually, I didn't go through the final scores. So it was Connor with zero, Ben with one, um, Andy with four, and John with six. So well played, John. Oh, close. If I was with you, John, I'd shake your hand. You wouldn't. Okay. You'd beat me up. <laughs> well, I don't right. know where you've got that reputation from. Well, not, maybe not beat up. That was I don't know where that came from, but um, <laughs> some way of trying to imply that it was fixed or something. You know, I was there with Google up or something. Fantastic! Right, we've nearly kept it under an hour, lads. We're getting better. One day. Um. Okay. I guess we'll do our next pod probably next Sunday. I'd expect. How do people feel about that? Yeah, that makes that's good for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, sounds good to me. Awesome. Yep. Right. Thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch you next Sunday. Thanks everyone. Cheers, Cheers guys.